0: This is a fresh agenda, conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here is your host, Christina Mendonza. This is a fresh agenda where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonza. So glad to have you in this tiny part of the podcast universe. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please check out my other episodes, subscribe, share, rate if you have the time. I'd be so appreciative. Today is episode 102, and it's about big dreams made reality. My guest today is thriller author Amber Garza. Now, she's right in the middle of a huge four-book deal and movie deal. It came seemingly overnight, but as we all know... Overnight success usually only comes after years of hard work. So you'll hear her backstory to get to where she is now. Now, her breakout novel started with The Pain of an Empty Nest, which morphed into a psychological thriller, and that caught the attention of publishers and movie makers. She's also a speaker at an upcoming event in Northern California that I'm going to be hosting this August. It's called The Women's Empowerment Experience. It's being produced by ST Productions. And I'm going to provide a link to the event site in the show notes. But it's a whole evening of music and speakers, and it's really meant to jumpstart women toward fulfilling their big dreams. This pandemic has been a time of retraction for many women, especially uh, female CEOs. They've seen their salaries plummet. More women have dropped out of the job market to care for kids doing it at-home learning. Finances of families have been strained. So as we come out of the pandemic, women are looking to reclaim their professional lives or their creative lives or both. And this event is meant to inspire all of that. So definitely check that out, the Women's Empowerment Experience. And check this out, my conversation with Amber Garza, author of When I Was You, which is a fatal attraction type suspicion, obsession, motherhood story. She's also the author of Where I Left Her, which is about a mother's worst fear when her teenage daughter goes to a sleepover and doesn't come back. Now, we both live in Northern California, so we started the conversation chatting about growing up in the same area. Yeah, I grew up kind
1: of in this area in Carmichael when I was younger and then moved to Elk Grove, went to Elk Grove High. And then I started writing like as a little, little girl, like my husband and I found a box of stuff one time when we moved and I had a paper I had written in first grade saying, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote, I want to be a famous author. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I used to always, my parents split up when I was eight. And I remember I used to like write a lot of poetry about that, you know, like that kind of stuff, just trying to process through things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got older and had kids, then I started picking up writing again. And I used to write like funny stories about them. And I submitted them to magazines. And I would try to get published that way. And then my first book I wrote was actually like about a mom like the, it was called Confessions of a Harried Housewife. And she was like crazy just with all her little kids. And it was back when my kids were little. <laughs> and it was very therapeutic to write that. Um, And then actually, interestingly enough, when I wrote When I Was You, um, Kelly in the book, her son is away at college and she's really struggling with feeling empty and not knowing who she is as a woman. And I was in that exact stage at that time. My son was 19 and just kind of pulling away from me. And so uh, often women will get in touch and say, you know, I know it's a thriller, but I just really felt her struggle of feeling empty and not knowing who she was about her son. And I always say like, that's funny because I really wanted to explore that in the book because I was struggling so much with that. And so I added that element in more for myself. So, yeah,
0: Yeah. you know what, that is, and it is so common. I mean, you know, um, we, the two of us have kids that are similar ages and I think that is such an inflection point in someone's life. Uh, when your kids mm-hmm. leave for college. I mean, it's an inflection point for you individually. It is in a marriage. I mean, it is just it's it's one of those times of life that uh, people don't prepare you for, you know, other than they say you're going right. to be sad when you're an empty nester. Tell me how um, the genre of thrillers, though, became Uh, so important to you and and such an area of focus for you? Because it seems like your previous writing was more lighthearted or, you know, more psychological. Uh But tell me about, you know, what attracted you to the thriller genre?
1: So about 10 years ago, and I'll preface this by saying I never really... My passage of time isn't very good, so I always say about 10 years ago, <laughs> and it could be 15 <laughs> years ago, 20 years ago, um, but I'm a, I think it probably was about 10 years ago. I um, came across this book called Little Face by Sophie Hannah, and I just happened to see it at the library, never heard of her before, read the back, the, the blurb on the back and thought it sounded really good, and I took it home and read it, and it was a psychological thriller And it was the first time I'd ever read a book like that, where I always read a lot of mysteries and a lot of suspense novels, but this was more like in her mind. And it was very like mind bending and everything you thought you knew you didn't know. And I just thought, wow, if I could ever write something like that, I was just so in awe of that genre. And I thought if I could ever write something like that, I would just be so proud of myself. And so I read all of her other books and then I started getting really into the genre. Uh, she was from the U- She's from the UK, and they had psychological thrillers were much. That was a bigger genre before it came here in the UK, mm-hmm. and then in the US we started getting those books with like Gone Girl and stuff, and so then it became a larger genre here. But anyway, so I always had that in my mind, and then when I came up with the idea for when I was you several years back, it just kind of I thought I think this can be it. I think this can be my psychological thriller. And so I just wanted to try to see if I could write one. And then I ended up just falling in love with the genre. And, and I think because I've read so many of them that it came easier than I thought it would. <laughs>
0: right. It seems like the best writers are also voracious readers. Uh, what is your your process? Where do you write? Uh, do you have a special place that you write or a special ritual before you write?
1: Well, I my writing is my full-time job. So I write every day. I have an office here at home, but then I also have my laptop. So I usually, to be honest, I usually start in my bed in the morning. I get up, grab my laptop, my coffee, and I'll start writing in bed for a couple hours because I don't feel like moving. (laughs) And then I'll get up and get ready and then move into my office. And then I usually write the rest of the afternoon. It kind of depends. My husband works from home, too. So sometimes we'll take a break in the middle of the day and go to the gym or we'll go run errands and come back. So sometimes I write late into the evening, but I usually try to write from like, Nine to four or so
0: every day. When you came up with your first novel, I mean, did you? When did you say, okay, this is you know where I'm gonna I'm gonna submit this first? I mean, who helped you? How did you get that novel seen?
1: So my first book was the one I wrote, Confessions of a Harried Housewife, and I kind of just wrote it to see if I could write a book. Um, my kids were little, and I would write when they napped or when they went to bed at night, and I actually didn't tell anyone I was writing that. And then one night at dinner, I told my family, my husband's like, what'd you do today? And I'm like, I finished a book. He was like, what? (laughs) Um, And so then I kind of, I would read back through it and think, it's actually pretty good. I think I could do something with this, but I didn't even know where to start. So I started joining a lot of writers groups, going to conferences. I bought the writer's market book, um, joined some online critique groups and um, join like back then you could join um, a forum for Writers' Digest magazine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so then I just kind of started learning about the industry, started submitting um, with that particular book, I did almost get a publishing deal, but there, I could never, it was like always like a, a request to resubmit. So he, the editor would give me like, oh, make these changes and then resubmit it. And I did that several times and then I never could quite get it right. And so I just chucked that to like being a practice novel and I kept going. And um, Long story short, I wrote for 17 years before I got this deal.
0: <laughs> wow. Um,
1: I did self-publish at some point. I started self-publishing um, and I did a lot of like young adult books and really did find a good – fan-based and was able to make a living with that. But my dream was always to see if I could find a big five publisher and have a little bit more security.
0: What did that feel like when you finally got that publishing deal? How, how did that go down?
1: Oh my gosh. It was just, I don't even know if I can describe it. It was just amazing. Um, It was funny because after 17 years, I laughed because then it was almost felt overnight the way that the deal all went down (laughs) So, you know, you always hear like overnight success and it's like it felt that way, except Mm -hmm. that then I had the 17 years prior. But with this particular book, um, I had finished it at the beginning of January 2019, and then I decided to start querying agents. And I had a list of 100 agents that I'd gathered over the years that were my dream agents. And so it was like kind of middle of January and I started querying. And I had a list of 49 agents and I sent it out to 49 agents. And I just expected I'll wait till I get all the rejections and then I'll start over and I'll do the other 50 agents. Um, But by February, I had six offers of representation from six different agents and spoke with all them on the phone, chose my dream agent, was so excited. And then by April, I had my book went to auction in the US and auction in the UK. I got a film deal, got like to like six or seven other countries it was just like a whirlwind it, was so
0: wow. crazy. it
1: really was it was like a dream come true I just couldn't that whole like few months period of time I was like walking on a cloud I just every day I was like I can't believe this is really happening
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's for new authors you know when you're just getting into it and you do wonder is this you know what I've written and I've spent so much time on it's hard to kind of let it out of your sight I'm sure Well, and it's interesting
1: because, like, with the second book, I really dealt with imposter syndrome because everything had gone so well with the first one, and then I was writing the second one during a pandemic, so I was just not feeling creative. (laughs) I had boxed myself in with it because I got the deal based on the idea, and then I just was having a hard time making it work so I really struggled with the second book and when I turned it in I like was a mess I thought this thing is horrible they're gonna hate it they're gonna wish they didn't sign me and then they end up loving it and it worked out (laughs) so I think you don't ever really get past I I just don't know if you ever really feel like your work is great you know what I'm saying like when you're a creative person there's always this part of you that's like do I think this is good and this is terrible or then other times where you're like this is terrible and other people are like this is great and then you're like. Do I even know what good is? (laughs) You know?
0: Yeah. I think the only people who don't suffer that is maybe like a Stephen King. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Or maybe he does. Maybe he writes something and is like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But although I
1: do follow him, and he does seem like he feels pretty good about (laughs) about himself.
0: (laughs) So now that you have, um, you know, your books here and you've got this movie deal, um, how involved will you be when the movie actually goes to production?
1: So um, the movie option has actually at this point ran out um, with COVID and everything. Hollywood kind of shut down, and so that ran itself out. Um, We are in talks. But, I can't say what's going to happen with that, oh yeah, when and if a movie does get made, I won't have much say in that,
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I remember just hearing an interview with Dean Koontz, and he said the same thing. He's like he 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 really uh, an author once your story is optioned and it goes into production, a lot of stuff sometimes has changed,
1: yes, yeah. yeah, and you just kind of sign that over, and you know that um. But gosh, what an amazing thing
0: it would be! <laughs> oh <laughs> I yeah, it they do it. <laughs> absolutely. So, what are you working on these days? I mean, do you do you feel like you really want to stay in the psychological thriller, thriller genre? Are you looking for for some other topic or some other genre to to delve into? Um, I actually am contracted out for two more thrillers with my
1: current publisher. So, I have one the one that's coming out this August, and then two more after that. So uh, When He Came Back is the one coming out in summer 2022, and that's completely finished. And I'm working on book four with them as as we speak. I'm working on that one, and that'll come out summer 2023. Um, I plan to keep writing thrillers as long as I can. I love them. I have a list, a whole book of ideas
0: <laughs> for them, so... That's interesting. So you actually keep like a a book where you just write down ideas as they come to you for possible plot lines or characters or stories?
1: Yes. Yeah, I do. And in fact, when I pitched book three to my publisher, I had three other ideas for book four. And then we kind of talked about which one they wanted me to write right now. Um, And then since then, I've had other ideas I get all the time. And
0: I'll just jot down little things coming to me, ideas. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I know authors, they, you know, they don't love this question. I, um, but, you know, when it comes to ideas, do you look in your community? Do you look amongst your friends? Uh, do you see a, a scene or a situation while you're out and about and think, hmm, that could be the, the beginning of a story there?
1: Yeah, all those things. I mean, with when I was you, I, I got the idea because there's another Amber Garza in Folsom. and. I have known about her for about 10 years. Um, She, we went to the same gym for a while. We went to the same doctor for a while. We went to that back when there was Blockbuster. We both had a Blockbuster account at the same Blockbuster. Um, And people that have met her have said like, oh, you know, you guys look kind of similar. You're similar in age. You have similar personalities. So that's actually how I came up with the idea for when I was you. Because I kept thinking like, that would be such a good plot for a thriller. Like what if you combine the idea of like wanting, keeping up with the Joneses, wanting each other's lives as we deal with in suburbia with this idea of having a woman in your town with your same name. What if they met and wanted each other's lives? Mm. Wow. So I do come up with, and then with where I left her when my daughter was in middle school, I dropped her off at her friends, a friend that I had gone to a lot of times. I dropped her off at the friends. Went back to pick her up, knocked on the door, and an elderly lady answered the door and said, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I looked around and then realized, oh, I went to the wrong street. You know how a lot of the neighborhoods they all look the same. Right. So I just went to a home that looked exactly like her friend's home. But as I got in the car, I was like, wouldn't this be a great, like, idea for a thriller <laughs> if I was at the right home? You know? And so that's how, that's what happens in where I left her. The mom goes back, and an elderly couple doesn't know what she's talking about, but she is at the house where
0: she left her daughter. Ah. Wow, that sounds great. That sounds so good. Okay, so um, coming up in August, uh, you and I will be at this uh, women's event that's happening, the Women's Empowerment Experience. And I know that you're one of the featured speakers there. I'll be introducing you that day. So tell me a little bit about what you think you might like to say to women. I mean, I know that this is uh, a lot of women right now in their careers. Maybe they feel stuck or maybe they feel like they're ready for something new and something different. Um, What do you think you'd like to say? Yeah, I you know, I think I want
1: to talk about pursuing big dreams. I think that oftentimes, like, when you're a kid, you know, you have these big dreams, like I did for being an author. But as you get older, you know, one, you get, you know, more jaded in life, like, oh, I need to come up with something more realistic. Or you have a family that you have to support, you know. Um, and I think sometimes we let go of those, like, heart dreams we have or those big dreams that we had. And, um, but I think that there's always room for that. You know, I think that we can always make space to try to pursue those things that we always wanted to do. Like, obviously we're not going to become a princess or if you you know, if your dream was to become, you know, Buzz Lightyear or something, but when you were a kid, but if you had a dream that was something that was attainable that you dropped along the way, I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, some of the lessons I learned in trying to pursue this dream and, kind of the fails along the way and also like the hindrances along the way, but like how you get past that.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Looking forward to that coming up in, uh, in August, you know, a question I ask them, um, everyone that I interview on my podcast and I'll ask you now, what do you do to recharge your batteries? What, you know, when you're feeling a little depleted, I mean, obviously you have a creative career. Um, what do you do? Do you have a ritual or something that you do on a routine basis to kind of refresh and recharge?
1: Yeah, I have a couple things. One is working out. Um, like I'll go swim laps. I'll go on a run, just something to like be alone and, I find that swimming for me is the best one because you're underwater and it's quiet, you know. You don't hear any noise. Um, Another thing I do is I'm a singer, so sometimes I'll just get on the piano and play around with the piano by myself in the office. Uh, My piano is in my office that I write in. Um, And then lastly, I would say either reading or listening to my true crime podcast. (laughs) I do that every day. Just. I think both things are solitary. And for me, I think sometimes I need to just be in a solitary space.
0: Right. That sounds good. All right. Uh, Amber Garza, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. um, Where I Left Her, When I Was You, two great novels. And we know that you've written others. Where can people connect with you?
1: You can go to my website, ambergarza.com. I'm also on all social media. I'm always under Amber Garza Author on Instagram and Facebook
0: All right. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amber Garza. I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes so that you can reach out to her and get one of her great books, already bestsellers and more great thrillers on the way. You can also see her at the Women's Empowerment Experience. That's coming up August 21st. It's under the stars at Quarry Park Amphitheater in the Rockland area. Not only Amber Garza, but also our keynote speaker, Sherry Fitzpatrick. Uh, She is the creator of the Chocolate dip Strawberry. Lori Ann Code will also be their certified life coach. Uh, Skyler's Pool featuring Kitty O'Neill. If you are local to NorCal, you know them quite well. So they'll be out there playing as well. So it's dinner. It's a conversation. It's music. It's going to be a great evening. I'm going to be there emceeing. So we hope you can join us August 21st for the Women's Empowerment Experience. I will put a link Uh, for more information on that show in the show notes as well. But you can always find it if you follow me on Instagram. I have it in my bio, so you can link to it quite easily there. Also, something else to let you know about another big project, PBS KVIE, our show COVID Lost and Learned, will get another airing at 6.30 p.m. on July 18th. We'll have a national rollout this summer for it, uh, but this show will be shown regionally at PBS KVIE, which is Channel 6 to most folks uh, in the Sacramento area. This is a whole hour uh, that focuses on the pandemic, what we've lost, what we've learned from the perspective of law enforcement and religious leaders and students graduating and colleagues checking in from around the world from lots of different countries as well. It's Hosted by myself, Robert Ray, who is a reporter for the Fox Weather Channel, and also Will Frampton, a longtime colleague. We co-produced this together. We're super proud of it. You can find out more about that program at covidll.com. Dot com. That's a website we've set up for it. So I want to thank you again for being here for this edition of A Fresh Agenda. If you like what you hear, the best way to let me know is to let others know with a review on iTunes or SoundCloud or iHeartMedia. Just Google A Fresh Agenda, it'll pop right up and you'll find a spot to leave some thoughts. You can also visit my website, com. I'm Christina Mendonca. Thanks for being here. Let's stay connected.
1: This is A Fresh Agenda. Bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.